Support for this podcast comes from Talent Collective, the dynamic non-profit community dedicated to empowering, connecting and advancing women plus in the ever-evolving realm of talent acquisition. Talent Collective's mission is to elevate the careers and networks of its members through carefully curated experiences, ensuring Women Plus in recruiting thrive, learn and connect. Whether you're a global TA leader, head of talent, corporate or agency recruiter, or an expert in recruiting or people operations, Talent Collective is tailored just for you. With over 200 women in recruiting globally, you could enjoy a multitude of benefits from quarterly fireside chats, monthly networking events, boardroom peer groups, mentorship programs, engaging workshops to a dedicated recruiter job board and discounts from their recruiting service partners. Talent Collective is more than just a community. It's a supportive ecosystem where careers flourish. Explore unique experiences and opportunities to connect with like-minded professionals on their free community platform at talentcollective.community. That's talentcollective.community. Follow them on LinkedIn and Instagram and join women in recruiting whose careers are thriving and flourishing. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 574 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The rapidly increasing speed of change in talent acquisition means the skills, strategies and types of thinking needed to build, retain and develop a successful TA function are also evolving quickly. So what does a high-performing TA function now look like? And what do TA leaders need to make sure they have in place? My guest this week is Melissa Grabiner, an award-winning former global head of TA who now works as a consultant for One Digital. Melissa has built talent acquisition teams from the ground up. She's now using her considerable insights and experience to help startups and scale-ups in the biotech industry build strategies to acquire the talent they need. Hi, Melissa, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? So my name is Melissa Grabner, and I am a talent acquisition professional. Um, my entire career has been in human resources and talent acquisition. I worked at a company called Takeda Pharmaceuticals for 18 years, and I spent the first 10 or so years as an HR business partner. And the rest of the time, I was the talent acquisition global director for the company's largest business uh, globally. So I had a team of 11 direct reports. We hired approximately 48% of all hires globally, which was about 3,000 hires a year. So I ended up leaving the company after 18 really wonderful and great years. I currently work at an organization called One Digital, and I do talent acquisition consulting predominantly for biotechnology and pharmaceutical startups. Uh, a lot of these companies are located in the Bay Area in San Francisco, and I help them with anything related to talent acquisition. So whether it's 
you know, putting together a talent acquisition function from start, whether it's helping to hire for a variety of different positions. Um, all of my clients have different needs. Some of my clients are for a short-term assignment. Some are for longer, such as a year. But it's a really wonderful job in the sense that I work with very innovative startups, um, helping to you know really just build out their TA infrastructure. And I love talent acquisition, and um, I'm very blessed. Fantastic stuff. So lots of things that I want to talk to you about. But before we do, just interested in terms of the talent markets in the, the biotech industry. What are the what are the kind of current challenges in that industry and how are they different maybe from other sectors? Yeah, so what I notice as some of the main challenges are a lot of these organizations are losing their patents. Some of them have actually probably the majority of them have very high R&D costs. The FDA approval process typically takes, you know, a pretty long time. And the FDA also is famous for its ever-changing requirements and regulations. And I recently read a statistic that said that five out of every 5,000 compounds that are discovered in preclinical trials ever make it to the first phase of the process. And of those five, only one is granted FDA approval status. Um, the average time it takes to patent a drug is, is about 14 years. And then the patents for the drugs usually last only about 20 years. So it's an ever-changing, very dynamic environment. Um, another challenge that I have seen is the cost to develop a drug. And I recently read that the average cost to develop a new drug is about $2.5 billion, which is obviously a very hefty sum. And so what I've noticed in working with different startups is that a lot of these organizations, if they have a clinical trial that perhaps doesn't pass, then these companies have to shut its doors. So it's a very challenging, dynamic sort of industry to work in. It's an exciting industry. And what I really like about supporting these pharmaceutical biotech companies is that we are really making a difference in the lives of the patients that we serve. And I think it's a really important function uh, and, and really important industry because Again, you know, these companies are making life-changing medicines for the patients that need it. So it's it's a very wonderful kind of industry to be a part of, but it, it's definitely challenging as well. How does that sort of affect the, the market for talent in that industry? Yeah, so the biotech industry has a very specialized skill set for a lot of the roles. So it really requires individuals to be experts in different areas, such as like molecular biology or bioinformatics or genetics or other niche uh, disciplines. So finding professionals with the right combination of the skills and experience can be a challenge. Also, it's the competition for top talent. So as the biotech industry continues to grow, what I have seen is an increased competition for that top talent, and it's establishing these companies and these startups. They're all vying for those top skills and those top professionals. So it leads to a much higher competitive hiring landscape. And the biotech industry also is subject to very strict regulatory standards. And so the companies need professionals who are very well-versed in these ever-changing regulatory compliances to navigate the complex landscape of the different approvals that are needed to ensure that products meet any sort of legal and safety requirements. The other thing that I've noticed, too, is that biotech companies can face challenges in access accessing a global talent pool. 
especially if there's restrictions on any sort of movement of skilled workers or if there's any limitations on hiring talent that is non-local. And then, of course, also what I have seen, which I think is a really good thing, is in many industries, including biotech, uh, the biotech sector is really working toward improving diversity and inclusion. And so attracting that sort of workforce can be a challenge for companies aiming to have more diversity within their staff. But I think also what's important to note is that these challenges can really vary based on the size of the company and the focus. There are some biotechs that are more focused on diagnostics. There are some that are more focused on therapeutics. Um, so it really just depends on, again, you know, the, the size of the company and what the focus is of the organization. And then, of course, if the organization is regional or more global in nature. So completely underlines the vital importance of effective talent acquisition in that industry, indeed in, in other industries as well. What makes a successful talent acquisition function in your, in your experience? Yeah, and I actually can speak from experience here in the sense that when I was at Takeda, I was tasked by the business leaders to start the talent acquisition function for the business I supported from scratch. The business basically said, here's an open-ended budget map out the headcount you need, map out the processes, procedures, and the technology you need, and whatever you need, we're going to support you. So I was very lucky in that regard. But what, looking back, I think what really helped me build a successful function within the business that I supported was the first thing was having a clear purpose and goals. So I uh, what I needed to do is define a very compelling purpose for the function and why building out a talent acquisition group was needed. Um, I also embarked on establishing specific and measurable and achievable goals that aligned with the business's overall objectives. Talented leadership was really important to me. I needed to hire a team of not only like leaders that reported under me, but even individuals that reported under them. Having the right talent in the right roles was imperative toward a successful function. So it was really important that I hired strategic thinkers, people that had decision-making skills, and really the ability to um, provide a great candidate experience for the you know thousands of candidates that we spoke to every year. So having the right team with the right skill set and fostering a culture of continuous learning was very, very important. And then one of the things that I did as well when I was managing a team is I really empowered them by giving them the autonomy to make decisions within their particular area of responsibility within the team. Um, I also fostered a sense of accountability so people could really take ownership of the work and the outcomes. And I also really was very, what was very important to me was encouraging a culture of adaptability and innovation. So because things were changing so quickly and the business was growing so rapidly, my team had to be able to shift their focus and adapt to those ever-changing needs. And I also wanted employees to be innovative and think outside the box and always look at ways that we can improve our processes. So I think a lot of it is having the right talent in the right roles at the right time. And really as a people manager, what was super important to me was making sure that I um, supported my team, empowered my team, made sure that they were a part of any sort of major decisions. I would always gather the input from my employees. And I always looked at it as like, if you looked on an organizational chart, yes, my name might've been on top, but to me, everyone on my team 
we were all equal partners in making sure that we were a successful unit and a successful function. The other thing I feel very strongly about is I believe that talent acquisition is one of the most important functions in any organization, because if a company doesn't have the right employees and the right talent, the company will not survive. So it's having the right people in the right roles to me for any function is what needs to happen to make it successful. And what role does technology play in all of this? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I think with talent acquisition specifically, it's so interesting. I remember when I started building out my team, the big decision was, do we go with monster.com or do we go with hot jobs or do we go with career builder? And every year the pendulum changed from one vendor to another. And over time, the evolution of talent acquisition has really evolved into a function that uses technology and the technology partners. So I believe that technology has played a significant role in transforming talent acquisition. So the use of applicant tracking systems, the use of artificial intelligence, even machine learning and data analytics has really streamlined the hiring processes for a lot of organizations. And what's good about that is it has allowed for more efficient sourcing, screening, and the matching of candidates. I also feel that social media recruiting is very important. So, you know, back in the day when I started this function, Facebook wasn't a thing. We didn't have Twitter. Now we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have LinkedIn. So a lot of the talent I think that these companies are finding are from different social media platforms like the LinkedIn, like the Instagrams, like the Twitters, and even Facebook to source and engage with potential candidates. I also think employer branding and recruiting marketing efforts are heavily influenced by social media. So I think the talent acquisition departments that are cutting edge are those that use technology to its advantage, that use different sort of social media avenues to find their talent. I also think what's super important and something that's very important to me, and I speak about this often on LinkedIn, is the candidate experience. So there has been a growing emphasis on this throughout the last couple of years. And I think that companies that recognize the importance of treating candidates with the respect that they deserve, providing clear communication and offering a positive experience throughout the process, those are the companies at the end of the day that are going to win the war for talent. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com pod and take the stress out of finding workers. 
candidate experience just seems to be a challenge for so many companies and particularly in the moment where there's in certain sectors there are lots of people looking for work what do you think employers are getting wrong at the moment and how could they and what could they and how could they do better when it comes to candidate experience sure the few that come to mind right away is poor communication it's a lack or a delayed communication with our candidate with their candidates um, candidates deserve and they appreciate timely updates regarding the status of their application. And I think when candidates are left in the dark, it can often lead to frustration and a negative impression on the company. I also believe that a complex um, and very convoluted application process is a big, big issue with a lot of companies. Lengthy and overly complex application processes can absolutely deter qualified candidates from either applying or finishing their application. So if I was building out a talent acquisition function today, one of the most important things I would look at is working with a talent acquisition ATS vendor that really supported the needs of our business. So a streamlined and user-friendly application process is essential to make a positive first impression and really encourage the candidates to complete the application. I've also seen companies that have any like a lack of personalization. So a generic or impersonal communication can oftentimes, I think, make candidates feel undervalued. And personalizing that communication, such as addressing candidates by name, providing specific feedback, contributes to a more positive experience. And one of the things I read about often on LinkedIn are candidates that have these interview processes that takes weeks, if not months to complete. So when a company has a candidate go through a lengthy disorganized or even an unstructured interview process, this can lead to frustration. And I think it's incredibly important that companies all should strive to have a well-planned and efficient process that not only respects the candidate's time, but provides a very, very positive experience. And I think of the feedback piece toward the end. So failing to provide feedback, especially after candidates take the time to interview, can absolutely leave um, candidates feeling uncertain and dissatisfied. I know of people, people myself I know that have reached out to me on LinkedIn that have said, I mean, I get messages all day, you know, hundreds of messages a day from people on LinkedIn. And a common theme that I see are candidates that take the time to interview with a company, and, and many times this is you know months-long process, only to be ghosted by the company. They never receive any sort of feedback. I've heard of candidates that receive feedback six months after an interview saying that they weren't chosen. So to me, companies really have to put the candidate experience at the forefront it's not only the right thing to do, but it also can tarnish a company's employer brand when they don't treat candidates with white glove service. So we've talked about how talent acquisitions evolved, how it's got more complex and more sophisticated, but then there's this kind of conundrum that the the candidate experience in, in many cases is not any of those things and not good enough. We also talked about the evolution of technology. Where do you think this is all taking us? What's next? What do you think talent acquisition looks like in the future? And how should we be preparing ourselves for 2024-2025? Yeah, I think one of the main um, points of any sort of like future trends with talent acquisition is the further integration of artificial intelligence and automation. So 
I believe that AI and automation in talent acquisition is very likely to continue and expand. And this could involve even more sophisticated AI-driven candidate matching portals, automated interview scheduling, and really the use of chatbots for initial candidate interactions, which is something that I know a lot of companies are doing now, but I think will further expand in the future. Companies are also using what's called predictive analytics. So Predictive analytics could play a larger role in TA, helping organizations organizations forecast their future talent needs, as well as identifying high potential candidates. And then, of course, what's super important is optimizing recruiting strategies. Continued emphasis on the candidate experience. I do believe that the companies that get it right are the companies that will continue to focus on providing a positive candidate experience. And again, this involves clear communication, transparency, and even personalized interactions throughout the entire recruiting journey. And then the last one is agile and flexible recruiting strategies. So I think as business landscapes continue to evolve, talent acquisition, they may need to become more agile and flexible, which would allow organizations to quickly adapt their strategies to changing market market conditions and workforce needs. So there are a lot of companies out there that provide like a a third arm, I call it, to a company's talent acquisition function, whether it's hiring contract workers, consultants, but companies that have the ability to flex and shift their needs in order to support the business will be truly important as the future unfolds. One thing I also want to mention too on that last note is I do believe the future of talent acquisition will also be influenced by external factors. Talking about, you know, we've had a lot of in the last couple of years, global events, we've had economic conditions, we've had a lot of technology advancements. So I think the companies and the TA leaders that stay informed about these industry trends and also being adaptable to change will be crucial for the companies and the TA professionals. Um, So any leader that um, is in talent acquisition, to me, it's very important that they stay up to date on trends and make sure that their organizations have the headcount and the budget and the technology and the infrastructure to support, at the end of the day, providing the best candidate experience they can. Melissa, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. It was my pleasure. Really appreciate it. My thanks to Melissa. If you're a fan of the Recruiting Future podcast, then you will absolutely love our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast. Not only does it give you the inside track on what's coming up on the show, you can also find everything from book recommendations to insightful episodes from the archives and get first access to new content that will help you understand where our industry's heading. For a limited time, subscribe to the Recruiting Future Feast newsletter and get instant access to the video recording of the recent remixed webinar on AI and talent acquisition, featuring some of the smartest thinkers in the industry. Just go to mattalder.me slash webinar to sign up. That's mattalder.me slash webinar. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. You can find and search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com and don't forget to sign up for the newsletter Recruiting Future Feast. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me.
my show. <laughs>